0: roots of the Christian faith, you've probably received some pushback from other believers. I'm Tim.
1: And I'm Miss. We hope today's podcast gives you some ways to approach the topic in conversation with these other believers.
0: You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltora.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts tune in spotify listen notes iheart radio and stitcher we love to hear from you
1: and thank you to everyone who has subscribed please take a moment to like and share and a big shout out to our listeners in delaware and the united kingdom we appreciate your prayers
0: amen so last week i went golfing with a couple of friends you may remember my golf partners were george from episode 11 And Mark from episode 13. Between us, we played some pretty bad golf, but the fellowship was great. After we played, we talked for a while, sharing stories about our efforts to discuss the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith with other believers. The typical reply we get is, I'm already saved, so don't rock my boat, meaning don't upset my beliefs. Sometimes we get answers like Christ made us free from the law so I don't have to worry about that Old Testament stuff or you must be some kind of Jewish weirdo or something.
1: Okay. Well, my experience has been that some use the scripture in Galatians 4 verse 9 which talks about returning to being in bondage Mm -hmm. or Galatians 5 verse 4 which talks about Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Or Galatians 5.18, which reads, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law.
0: The way those verses are translated and often presented without context, I guess I can understand why some believers are so concerned. It seems like the law is a bus, and believers like you and me, Miss, are the bus drivers seeking to roll these innocent believers under the bus of the law. So, I get it. So many believers grow up in church and are conditioned to not take the Old Testament literally. Many never independently study to validate what they are taught in their church. They just accept what's said, assuming it's the gospel, and so they fall in line. If those noble Bereans were still around today... They would be put out of most churches for being troublemakers, but I'd bet that they would have some really good questions, though.
1: I'm inclined to believe that there are people out there with the Berean spirit. There are just not as many of them, and they're not as vocal. These believers have questions or opposing views regarding some practices or teachings that they've learned in their church, but probably felt uncomfortable expressing them with their church leader even when they have scriptures to back up their assertions their hesitation may be because they don't want to discourage them or they don't want to challenge them i mean they are pastors and the practice and beliefs red pill torah challenges are centuries old commonly held and are hard for some believers to see as incorrect even after they've read the scripture and seen it for themselves just know that you're not alone we may have some of the same questions that you've had. So let's search the scriptures together. I think that's why Jehovah has us here, Tim, doing what we do now.
0: Amen, Mama. I pray that Red Pill Torah is a blessing to his people. So, let's say a believer objects to hearing what you have to say about the Hebrew roots of the faith. How would you answer a believer who says this to you? I'm already saved. Even though there's a lot of scripture I don't understand, I've confessed Jesus as Lord, as it says in Romans 10 and 9. I go to church. I don't cuss, smoke, drink, or chew, or hang out with those who do. And I pay my tithes on the regular. I'm saved by grace through faith, and that not of myself. It is the gift of God. Amen. Mm
1: -hmm. Am I not saved enough for you? So, Miss, how would you answer them? Well... Based on Scripture, there are no degrees to your salvation. You're either saved or you're not. Based on Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, I would agree on being saved by grace through faith and not by our works. I would also suggest that you keep reading. Verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Yeshua unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them.
0: So, what are these good works that God has ordained or prepared beforehand?
1: They're the same good works Yeshua talked about in Matthew's 5:16. It says, "Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven." In context, Yeshua identifies good works in the very next verse. There he said, "Don't even think that I came to destroy to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. The good works are found in the Torah and the prophets.
0: Wow, that's a solid answer, Mama. We find the good works in the Old Testament written down by ancient Hebrew people. And by the way, the New Testament was also written down by ancient Hebrew people, just to be clear. Knowing that the Old Testament instructions are for us today is enough to rock the boats of a lot of believers. Mm -hmm. In Deuteronomy 6, chapter uh, 6, that is, verses 16 through 18, Moshe admonishes the children of Israel, saying, Do not put Yehovah your Elohim to the test, as you tested him at Massah, which means testing. Observe diligently the mitzvot or commandments of Yehovah your Elohim and his instructions and laws which he has given you. You are to do what is right and good in the sight of Yehovah, and things will go well with you. Again, doing what is right and good, or doing good works, is based on observing Yehovah's instructions. Mm-hmm. When the world sees us obeying Jehovah's instructions, we're like the city on a hill that cannot be hid. We are the light of the world.
1: Amen. Tim, I have a question for us to consider. Okay. Can a believer ever be so saved that he or she doesn't have to learn more about the Father's Word?
0: Wow. Let's see what the scriptures uh, say about that one, miss. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7 in the King James reads And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12 or in other words there were about 12 men there
1: that same Holy Spirit that fell on the disciples in Acts chapter 2 fell on these disciples but it only fell because they were open to learning more about Messiah Yeshua Hmm. somehow they were missing key parts of the story their understanding was not complete so they were not walking in the fullness of the promise This would have been a different story if they had replied to Paul saying, we're saved enough, so don't try to rock our boats. Uh I think many believers today are in a similar situation to what we read about the disciples in Ephesus. They are holding tightly to the message of repentance, but somehow they're not walking in the fullness of the promise of Elohim. We know that he gave his word to the Hebrew people using the language and the context they were familiar with to fulfill his promise to Abraham. Believers who purposefully reject the Hebrew roots of our faith are rejecting the people, culture, language, and context of the covenants. Mm -hmm. Elohim never agreed to be Elohim to any particular church church denomination, religious affiliation or other group of peoples besides the Hebrew people. That's right. Everyone else is urged to be grafted into the covenant people by faith in the Messiah. They have no authority to rewrite the covenants or to cut their own deal.
0: That's right. So based on that, our question is, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and quote your church denomination's creed as the basis for your connection to the Hebrew Messiah? Or would you take the red pill and embrace everything about Messiah Yeshua, including his chosen people and the covenants he bled to graft you into? Only you can answer that question, unless you feel you're too saved to have to answer it. But just remember that the kingdom of heaven is like a wedding, According to Matthew 22, verse 12, someone came to the wedding dressed inappropriately. It really didn't work out too well for that guest. Mm -mm. The bridegroom is Jewish, so his wedding will likely be a Hebrew-style wedding. I would suggest that all believers get comfortable with the idea of wearing Hebrew-style clothing to this wedding.
1: Think about it. Okay, Daddy, you have a way with words. Thanks, Mom. Moshe urged the nation of Israel to be familiar with words, the words of Elohim Touche. in Deuteronomy six, verses six through nine. Moshe said, and these words, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart and you shall teach them diligently unto your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the post of your house and on your gates. In this scripture, there is no suggestion that the Hebrew people will ever reach a point where they don't have to meditate on the word of Elohim. They had the presence of Elohim in their camp, and still they had to learn his word diligently.
0: Let's also remember Paul's admonition to Timothy. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15 in the King James reads, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Even Peter advised the readers of his letter to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Messiah Yeshua. Mm -hmm. Now, if you value the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, you'll likely have opportunity to rock someone's boat at some point in time. Now, I pray that the Ruach HaKodesh will give you wisdom to do it in a way that is pleasing to the Father. Now, I say that knowing that it will not always be pleasing to the person in the boat. I guess that's why we were instructed to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. That faith was not a Pentecostal, Baptist, Episcopal, Methodist, or any other Christian denominational faith. It was a Hebrew faith for Hebrews by faith.
1: I really enjoyed this podcast and I hope you did too. Please take some time to listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and talk about it with your family and friends. And thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth.